over the past few weeks, Pastor Garrett has guided us through a sermon series called The King of the Kingdom. And he's been guiding us through this series that I am now rounding out today in response of everything that's going on in the world today. To the pandemic that seems to be sucking the life out of us, the racial injustices that are still going on today, and the protests that follow, to the California wildfires, and to the political system that seems to just aim to divide us and ramp our anxiety up for this coming November. Within these moments, it seems like it can, can become desperate to want a leader. And so what better moment to talk about the king of kings? What better time to recognize his leadership than his coronation? Our scripture today, our scripture story today will be the story of the crucifixion, where above his head hung king of the Jews. And as I read, I invite you to find themes of faith still within Jesus. And these faith moments can be faithful frustration. Will he turn away and rebuke God? Or will he call out to him? These faith moments could also be moments of forgiveness that remind us of what God wants to see from us. So I invite you to listen um, for what Jesus' faith looks like in this moment. But before I read, please let me offer a prayer. Everlasting God, your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Give us grace to receive our, your truth in faith and love and strength to follow on the path that you set before us. Through Jesus Christ, amen. Our reading today is coming from Luke 23, from 32 to 49. Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that they called the skull, they crucified Jesus and there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He has saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was an inscription over his head, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals that were, that were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other one rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, 
Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he replied, truly I tell you, today we, we, we will be together in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness had come over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus cried with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I condemn my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had been taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly, this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there saw the spectacle they, that, that had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all of his acquaintances, including the woman who followed him from Galilee, stood in the distance watching these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the king of the Jews. They wrote that above his head to mock him. If I was doing a children's sermon, if I was doing a children's sermon right now, I would have a shiny crown to say this is what a king wears. But he didn't get a shiny crown. His crown was made of thorns, and that was his coronation. I don't know if any of you have seen the, the first Thor movie. If you haven't, you can skip to the third. You'll save a lot of time. But it starts off with, with Thor's coronation, his crowning of king. And he enters into this great room. Now keep in mind, this is on the, on the planetoid of Asgard. So there's no coronavirus. So imagine just massive crowds of people cheering and shouting and praising his name. And in walks Thor with his hammer above his head. He's swinging it around. He's cheering. He's yelling. Jesus' crowning of king looked a little different. Jesus' crown was a different crown. Now, unlike Thor, whose ego was massive in this moment, Jesus demonstrated time and time again throughout his life qualities of a leader that I want to see. And above all else, the quality that I adore most in Jesus' leadership capability is he leads by example. When he's being selfless, he is doing it so that we also will be selfless. When he's welcoming in the outcasts, he's doing it so that we also must welcome in the outcasts, and likewise for caring for creation. I could give examples of this all day, as concrete as they do, in, as, as Jesus says in John 13, when he says, I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. My favorite example of this is probably when Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Something thought only to be done by servants or people below you in status. But Jesus says, if I, then your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He is literally calling them to do as he does because if he is Lord, if he is most high, 
and he is washing your feet, then you have no excuse to not care for each other in the same way. Jesus actively considers the people that are right in front of him. Within the moment, Jesus turns and advocates for living out the good word within each situation. So when Jesus is posed to choose between forgiving or not, welcoming the outcast or not, he is not worried about the repercussions, but rather he demonstrates love and empathy and compassion. He worries about who is right in front of him. And he, and he worries about the same things that he would want us to worry about if, when, we're put in the same situation. And this call to live life considering the moment and making decisions similar to those made by Jesus, we're called to ask ourselves within the moment that classic question, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And if we take, and if we take life by this moment-by-moment decision-making approach, we focus far more on the, on the short-term goals rather than the long-term. And that, that might seem counterintuitive. So consider this example. So my, I'm, an environment, I'm an environmentalist, so my mind goes straight to re- the recycling example. So imagine if I had an aluminum can and I'm walking by a trash can and a recycling bin. I may, I may out of habit, just throw it into the trash can. No thought needed. All my mind needs to think is I have this thing in my hand and I need it out of my hand. I mean, that's how I think about with almost every other thing, right? I have this thing in my hand, I need it out. I throw it in the trash. Why waste, why waste the extra brain power to extend to this special circumstance. And that's that long-term thinking, right? Not thinking about the present moment, the, the what's in my hand. What are the repercussions of both sides of the decision, recycling or trash? I'm thinking about where I'm going, my destination, and what is the, the most efficient and effortless way to get there. And the same can be translated for people just as well, where that thing that's in my hand might rather be someone in coffee hour that their week has just gotten the better of them. Maybe they're slumped over in their chair. Maybe they're crying. Now, instead of the choice being to put something in the trash versus something in the recycling, Now the choice is sitting down with them or acting as if they're not there. It's that that thinking of why waste brain power to extend to this one specific circumstance. I could do as I would do if that person wasn't there at all. Find my destination, the coffee, and find the most efficient an effortless way to get there. Now, obviously, it would break my heart if I saw any of you hurting in our fellowship center. And I, just like many of us within the Linwood family, would sit down. But thinking about it in this way reminds us 
that Jesus did take the, did use the extra brain power for every circumstance. There was no thought of what makes this situation different. Every situation was taken as a chance to live out the word. So if we take his example and to, to live how we live our life and we think in that WWJD way, we are, we are kind of what my, my seminary professor said the other week and called us little Jesuses. And I love that metaphor because we're not supposed to be the, full, the, the life-size version, but rather we're the, we're the, we're the fun-sized version. The, uh, the, there are little bits within us of him, and we are now called to continue his reign as these little Jesuses. The reign of a king that I would want to have as a king of the kingdom is lived out through those who continue the message as he did, not by words, but by actions. So I want to leave you with a, with a revised WWJD, and that is to say, live life Live a life Jesus would live in your situation. We live in, a, we live in a crazy time right now. Plus, there are dark times within our lives that we may feel lonely or we, we may feel anxious. Maybe there are even times that we're feeling really busy. And saying all the time, what would Jesus do, might sound pretty hard to do when there are so many distractions. So when we're stuck in our lives that could seem hard, and we're stuck in, in, in things that could, that could be hard situations to get out of, maybe when you live a life Jesus would live in your situation, it starts by simply writing a letter to a friend and reminding them that they are loved. Maybe that's... Um, intentional grocery shopping and stopping by a farmer's market one time instead of a, a big-name grocery store. Be creative. Think intentionally. Extend that extra brain power to every situation. Finding each decision a chance to live out the word and to continue the reign of Christ. Please, Pray with me. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. This is a prayer from actually um, Psalm 126. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the waters of the Negeb. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seeds for sowing shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Gracious and loving Lord, I pray that your spirit is powerfully present within the ears of those who have heard the words today. I pray that you are present within our lives exactly how we need you, flowing through us, through our day-to-day, -day, and through our week as we continue 
forward, trying to lift our heads held high. Lord, show us, show us light. Guide us through the examples set forth by your Son. And may we do good, promote justice, welcome all, and always walk as Jesus walked. In your name we pray. Amen.